Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This year has been uh, equally as disastrous for me as the other two years I didn't tour. But creatively, we're on a high. We're like the quintessential baby band. Look, we've got a monster here and we're opening the show. That's a baby band. That's Bush frontman Gavin Rossdale talking about getting back out on the road after the pandemic with a new album in town. Gavin discusses Bush's new songs, getting political in song lyrics, and whether the audience should hear songs or riffs in this episode of Behind the Setlist. Welcome to Behind the Setlist, the podcast where artists tell the stories about the songs they perform live. I'm Jay Gilbert from Label Logic. And I'm Glenn Peoples from Billboard. Jay, you've listened to the new Bush album, The Art of Survival, which comes out October 7th. What do you think? Yes, sir. I was fortunate to receive the music in advance of the interview, and it was so great to hear big, heavy guitars again. Uh, Gavin's voice simply hasn't aged. The album has been in heavy rotation in my office. We talked to Bush frontman Gavin Rossdale from somewhere in Michigan as the band finished up its tour with Allison Chains and Breaking Benjamin. A few days later, I turned on KROQ while driving around Los Angeles and heard the song Machine Head from Bush's mega-hit album 16 Stone from 1994. That went six times platinum in the U.S. and was equally as popular in Canada. I was reminded just how well that song has aged over nearly three decades. It has big riffs and crunchy, powerful guitars, really memorable hooks, all the things Gavin does best, and all that's on display on Bush's new album. Yeah, and even though this is Bush's ninth album, Gavin likened them to a baby band because they opened the shows on the tour, which gave them only an hour to perform, and they have a new hit song, the single More Than Machines. Although being the opening act isn't financially lucrative, and he called 2022 equally as disastrous financially as the previous two years when he was mostly off the road, Gavin says the band is at a creative high with the new album. Careers have high points and lulls in momentum, and he knows he's building something in 2022 to take the band to a higher level. And before we get to the interview, if you like what you're hearing, please share the uh, podcast with a friend. Be sure to check out our playlist on Spotify, the Behind the Set List playlist that has all the episodes and songs featured in the episodes. And thanks for listening. Absolutely. So without further ado, here's Gavin Rossdale of Bush on Behind the Set List. Let it roll. Well, let's kick it off, Gavin. Thank you so much for joining us. 
I want to talk first about your new album, Art of Survival. comes out in a couple weeks on October 7th. And, man, I, I just listened to the entire thing, and it, it's so refreshing to hear guitars again in music. Tell us, <laughs> tell us a little bit about The Art of Survival. Well, in a way, it, it acts as a sequel, a follow-up to The Kingdom, and it sustains the kind of heavier approach that I've been having a lot of fun with. And um, I think that came out of just realizing that the future really is I mean, it's great to make, I love to make records, of course, and they're super cinematic, and I want people to drive through the night to this record and get lost in it in their house. But I also am really mindful of the fact that uh, it's about the power of what it feels like live and how it can coexist with um, other songs we've had and successful with the songs and the set list. And I got tired, to be honest, not tired, but like, playing all these sets for the last few years and uh because it's so full of all big hit singles it felt like we were kind of like flying close to the sun of 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 nostalgia sets you know like well you know like i know it's such a cliche that every band wants to kind of run from their success and continue to create but it does kind of keep you alive and keep you vital to yourself and so the decision was to just make these um records the kingdom and now the art of survival that really could stand on their own on their own uh, merit and they didn't need to kind of get back to a single that you know or a hit you're familiar with and just create new ground and just for, forge your way forward so new people that learn about the band these kids we're playing to at the moment with a breaking benjamin audience you know really young kids and they're just like they can fall in love with the band and, and exist just on the diet of uh, the kingdom or now the art of survival. And uh, I think that was really important because I think you can, at this stage of someone's career, you can either go down the road. I mean, I see it with big bands, contemporary bands, and they make records that are just sort of like, they're fun, kind of functional songs that are just sort of part of the sound you know of that band, not quite as special as you've known them for, just sort of functional. They get through it and it can kind of leave you cold. And I listen through those records a lot. Anyone who comes records out and I listen through them and I just wonder what people are doing. And, and, and for me, I just try and set a bar whereby those records just have a vitality that we make. And so that's what I'm really proud of. You know, there's a sort of an urgency and there's a fire to this record that, um, that's exciting, you know? And, you know, as I say, you can go through either door. You need to kind of continue to sort of forage your way and sort of, you know, be a version of SpaceX, or you can not. And I just like that, that thing of just confronting ourselves to be as, as the best we can. Is this album, uh, you know, byproduct of the pandemic? Is this what you were doing with your time while you were off the road? No, not really. No, I was at that point just, grateful that we weren't sick, me and my boys, my family, and uh, and just mindful of what the, 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 the kind of global pain that was taking place and the global destruction. And so now the first year and a half, year, year and a half or so, we brought out the kingdom. So um, then I always take a little break after this record comes out from writing. And I was just working on different aspects of music, you know, getting a bit better at guitar, studying guitar learning some classical stuff that helped me in turn to kind of 
to then go back into writing for Bush. And um, and so now it's maybe the last sort of eight months or so spent making that record uh, to keep it nice and fresh. And, uh, you know, everything that happened to that and all the consequences of my own personal life and journey uh, uh, encapsulated in that record. And I never want to kind of dominate the uh, subject matter so that people can't have their own view and their own viewpoint. But needless to say, it was a very challenging time for me as much as it was for anyone else. And I had my own set of um, issues to deal with and health and kind of bewildering kind of uh, uh, situations. And I don't feel alone in that. I don't feel special in that. Just feel that everybody has a story to tell and uh, you can stop anyone on the street and they'll tell you what, what how the um, pandemic took the life out of them or their family or who they, they're connected to. And so, so really the art of survival is probably the most apt title we've ever had because it really, it's for everyone. Yeah. So you've got two tracks out now from the art of survival uh, heavy yep. as the ocean and more than machines. And I noticed that you're playing live uh, more than machines. Do you think there will be any other tracks that you might sprinkle in uh, as you're playing live? You know, we've just got t- two weeks left on the tour. It's been incredible. We're already asking the audience quite a lot for playing five or six songs off the kingdom. It just, I'm not sure we're ready mentally. I mean, we're, we're having a, a blast doing the shows, but we've been, touring since March, February, March, went to Australia for six weeks and then we went to Europe for six weeks and then we've been out here for nine weeks or so. There's a degree of exhaustion that isn't in the show, but I think if we added a little anything more to the, to the scales, we've had Jerry come on stage and play with us um, last night or the night before. So that was a, enough of a kind of a creative leap for us to kind of like mentally take. Um, and we should be playing Head of the Ocean, but it's not like we're lazy. We're just running on empty. <laughs> and uh, we'll give everything we, we have. And it's not like the shows will, will be reduced or uh, redacted in any way. But I think that we our plates are full. And even suggesting... I, I change the set around all the time. I look at my band and specifically one member who's quite sensitive. If I am just don't even want to change the set right now. I'm just like, don't change it. It's great. It's happening. Let's just play this. And, and normally that's not us, but it's just been an extraordinary year of, uh, of exertion. And uh, like I'm about to I play tonight and I fly home at like six in the morning to, to go watch a baseball game tomorrow and then watch football game and a baseball game on Sunday and then get a red eye back on Monday to join the tour on Tuesday. Um, and simply just to be there, you know, so it's just, I, I don't know. I can play it, but I, the thing is that's my solo and I'm nearly good at it, but I've only replayed it once. I was like, damn, oh, <laughs> gotta get that solo right. And it's right where the vocal sits and there's going to take a little bit of, it's a, it's a, muscle memory thing and i don't want to screw it up sure you know the the sets these days are about split between uh 16 stone which is from 1994 and the kingdom from 2020 um i mean 16 stone i mean that's 
six times platinum in the U.S., but nothing from Razorblade Suitcase, which is triple platinum, I believe, The Science of Things, very successful album. Uh, nothing from that also. So you're, you're, why are you skipping so much of the, the band's career right now? We've been playing this. We've been playing The Sound of Winter. We've been playing The Chemicals Between Us. So we, we do uh, change them out. Okay. Um, it just, we were, we're, it's funny, like bands think they know about the right sets to play, and I'm not sure that we do. Because um, I think that we play everything with enthusiasm and it doesn't really matter. But there's a psychological um, feeling. I just, we played, for instance, we played a set the other day with, with uh, Science of Things, um, from Science of Things with Chemicals and with Santa Winter. And in this set, and, and suddenly uh, during the set, I was like, halfway through Santa Winter, I was like, this sounds like too songy. And we're like, if kids don't know us, do they want a song or do they want a riff? You know? Yeah. And I just was feeling like if we're going to go out and like, I was taking it from the perspective of people that don't know the man at all coming into it. Like they don't know us. So to play machine head is just sort of part of the DNA come down, finishes it. Uh, and people love glycerine. And so it's just like quite hard. It feels mean spirited to not play those songs. <laughs> it feels mean spirited. And then the rest is all sort of design and, it's funny because I think I just was clearly more song oriented before. And in this environment, it, I just, I felt insecure halfway through uh, winter. I was like, I don't know if the kid's going to be like, I got to check this song or like, wow, this is like hypnotic. You know, this riff is just like undeniable. Ah, there's no escape. I've got to check this band out. So yeah. I've aired on the side of the riff. Now, having said that, I, the caveat is, I don't know if I'm right. I'm not saying I'm right. It's just what felt natural in this environment, these big shows. It's not a song display. It's an energy display. And we've been playing first. We only play an hour. If we're playing like a regular hour 45 or hour 40, all those songs would be in there because there'd be room. But when you play an hour, you have this sort of limited, relatively limited um, journey to take people on. And this is what we've all come to. Do you think we're wrong? I don't think there's a wrong answer. You know, there's a couple, couple of songs that you've written that I absolutely love. Um, one is, you know, with uh, Institute, uh, Bulletproof Skin uh, from the right. Distort Yourself album. And then you had a solo album, Wanderlust, in 2008. And there was an amazing track on there called uh, Love Remains the Same. And I think you've actually... Re played that with bush uh live yeah yeah i haven't played i mean yeah i've always i uh, thank you for referencing institute because i that's a massive record to me i'm a wasted boy empty master plan been stuck inside this lonely room again you get paranoid see vultures circling i love it so much and it's frustrating that um we don't play anything from it. And in fact, I've been thinking a lot about it. You know, like people like Dylan and what specifically Dylan, a lot of those guys, you'd see one song that would appear on three or four records. You don't, now we don't, I keep thinking, we just got to re-record an Institute song on the next record. I mean, why 
don't we redo bulletproof skin? Who cares? There's no, there are literally no rules. Right. And all you're trying to do is play stuff that connects to people. And, um, and that record was an incredible big inspiration for, um, uh, uh, the detuned quality of these records. Cause I was like, that was so much fun. That'd be great. And, 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 you know, and I think going back to the kind of set list thing, those songs you could play because people just like respond on, on a big, uh, 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 sort of, uh, where are we now sort of a shed level to that kind of music you know more than they do to just songs or not i don't know i'm lost i've got two weeks left <laughs> i'm lost just trying to do our best i would love to talk to you about the new song uh the single more than machines um you know in the lyrics you say everything wrong should be right girls you in control not the government and you don't use the word abortion in there. It seems that that's what you're talking about. And it's, it's remarkable to me because, you know, bands might get a little political these days, maybe less than in the past, but you don't always see political or social messages like that in the lyrics themselves. Sometimes the artists might be more comfortable doing that outside of the songs. And as, as I have a street cleaner going by, you can probably hear that. Um, I'm reminded that Michael Jordan never waded into politics. He said, well, Republicans buy shoes, too. So how do you feel about, you know, making a putting a message in a song like that? I think that I've, I've referenced a lot of things over the years, uh, beginning in uh, with 16 Stone. The song called Bomb was written about a, a man who goes shopping and gets blown up in a shopping mall and uh, so that was a reference to my youth with uh, the ira uh, and the protestant war that was that kind of shattered my youth in england um i've written about the climate change i've written about uh, charlottesville um with the um with uh, this is war this is the you know this is a strange fruit which is in reference to nina simone's song um so i put messages in there or messages i put words in there that that kind of resonate with the time everything wrong should be right girls you in control not the government not the government nothing changes never stops breathe I, I think it's really important that that, that um people don't get preachy so my my position has always been personal and um the point is is that to continue the conversation and you you know there's always a sense that life is we're just puppets you know puppets of big business and we don't have much control and the government is pretty much controlled by big business to the is a certain way you can look at life you know uh, um and what we have seen is from the Black Lives Matter movement, which was referenced in the kingdom, um, the song, is that there is a, that there's, there can be growing unrest. You look in Iran, you look at these, uh, these uh, protests about the death of uh, the 22-year-old girl. And so it's really essential that if you're, in, if, you, if you're making things, that there are some references to it. And to be honest, I, this whole Roe versus Wade situation uh, which is alarming in itself and bizarre and I don't know, so 
regressive, you know. Um, it just really, I just, I just couldn't believe it. And um, so it's just a case of bringing that up into the into the conversation, so that you know, the more girls that are aware of that, are aware of that they have to, um, that their vote counts. You know, it become, it's become a political. It's just like I'm glad you said it's a social issue, but it's been made a political issue, and now it's a crazy political hot potato because by this draconian um, reversal, uh, they've actually um, uh, sort of like created an interest in um, uh, politics that maybe wouldn't have been there as much. So now the girls, if they want to be as they should, and the guys that care should pay big attention to what's happening. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I wanted to ask you uh, kind of shifting gears here um, when you do longer shows once in a while, not too often, but you'll throw in uh, a cover song and I was looking over your touring history and four of them jumped out at me. And I really want to ask you about these covers that you had performed live, like once in a lifetime by talking heads, uh, breathe by pink Floyd, just what I needed by the cars and break on through by the doors. Um, tell me a little bit about your approach to adding a cover tune from time to time uh, for fun. Yeah, I, I love adding um, covers. I love to play other people's songs. It's weird because it's only when you cover someone else's song that I truly realize the skill and measure of how they achieved that effect on me. So... I'm very, the only thing I care about is I'm extremely faithful to the vocal melody. That's all I care about. I just, and even then, when I'm so close to the, the phrasing, uh, it sounds completely different. But ironically, I never stray from it. I don't put runs in like those terrible uh, talent show voice, they're great singers who do the, the overrunning all over stuff, like they can rewrite the melody. I, I, I can't rewrite David Byrne's melody. I can't, you know, uh, come together. We had a great time with, but we can, you know, we detune it and we put a new riff to the come together as a really good version. Um, and it's just, it's just, it's beautiful because you uh, liberate people by playing a song they're not expecting, and then they realize how much they love it. So. Once a lifetime is so fun to sing. All of them, I, I, they always have to have like great melodies for me to want to sing them. Otherwise, it's too difficult to kind of restyle someone's uh, vocal melody um, that goes on their charm alone, kind of thing. You know, um, like a Lou Reed song or something. So I, I, I um, just look for a really cool melody and something that suits the band. Um, I also I've done um, wasn't so successful. But I really love. I really liked it. I did a We Found Love in a Hopeless Place, Calvin Harris song. I did that for a bit, which was amazing. You know, because people are like, what is this? And they kind of, they hear the melody and they're like, oh, damn. So it's just a, it's a, it's a really fun process. And again, going back to we talking about the set earlier, it's weird because on our own tour and headlining, we totally, we always have a cover. And then on these ones, it's like, we get this limited space to, to, to break the third wall of people, you know, so... We didn't do it, but that allows us actually to do it next time. The cover songs you play, is that kind of a, a peek into your music collection, your your 
music history, your favorite artists? I guess. I mean, the only one, funnily enough, um, the kind of the one that's least um, is the cause. Just what I need. I can't. When I hear that song, I can't believe that we played that song. It's so poppy. I don't. I just like. It is a great song. They're a great band, but it's probably the one that kind of is is most confusing and least likely to uh, come back. But um, but a pleasant surprise to the audience. If, if, a big surprise then. Like a, a really like a, like a, the most unexpected perfect watermelon sorbet. You know what I mean? Just like straight in there unexpectedly you love it way more than you realize you know i needed that just what i needed thank you no pun intended sorry i'm funnier than that <laughs> <laughs> even in the dark uh, by the way i don't like having the, the video the, the video if i don't know why it's not working i apologize every time when my kids are doing homeschooling right through the pandemic i'd walk into their rooms and both my older boys would feet up on the table, video off playing Fortnite while the, while the geography class is to their left, you know? I feel like, fucking, we're doomed. You men, have, you men have saved me, look after me. You guys don't know anything. Oh, shit. It's hilarious. I've been wandering around like the, the, like the caterer, you know, a little plate of fruit at sort of 10.30, a drink, you know, do you want a sandwich? What do you want? Fucking catering. I'm a caterer. I'm mainly a caterer. And I do the music on the side. Let's ask. I wanted to ask you a little bit about just the nuts and bolts of touring because you know gas prices are super high. Finding a bus is challenging, and it's double the price, and everything seems to be more expensive. Has that affected your your this last run? <laughs> We're opening. Uh, yeah, I, you just, just everything fucking costs more money. It, it, I don't know how, but. It's so mean because everybody's charging everyone more, but none of us have made the money in the two years. But yeah, everyone is like, well, we got to claw back. So rooms are more expensive. Buses are more expensive. What about the fucking gas companies? Okay, hey, there's a war going on. So, so sorry, but we have to hike prices up. What, eight gallon, $8 a gallon in LA, right? Really expensive. And then, oh, look, BP and Shell posted record profits. Why the fuck did you need the profits? Why did you take the profits? We didn't make the money. It's so cynical. I mean, I'm not like a uh, politically um, oriented person beyond uh, human rights, you know, beyond regular everyday stuff. But it just is so cynical when those shitty companies take the profits and yet we paid extra, but they charge it. You know, it makes no sense. It's just. It's just gross capitalism. And we see that the Industrial Revolution is coming back to haunt us and destroying the climate. And again, I'm not George Carlin, you know, but there is that sense of we're just like dozy puppets all the way. And it's just all about these these multinational companies that just control everything. And that's why we live with these prices. Um, and that's why... Um, the world is on fire, you know, and that's why there's global warming. Um, it is the effects of factory farming. It's the effects of uh, industrialization. And um, it's, it's, it's sad because um, I wonder what, what, look at the, you know, I have kids. I have, I have kids who will have kids. Um, and it's just such a cynical world. And you just feel so bad sitting down to explaining 
sorry, kids. It's really all about the money, and we're just pawns in the game. And you know, just live a nice life and be good to each other. And push, you know, your bravery will save this world a bit in the heaviest the ocean, but it won't save it all because ultimately we're kind of doomed. So you just got to accept it and make the best of it. Because look at it; it's just so cynical. BP record profits. You've had to be out on the road, right? You you barely toured from the dates I've seen online. You barely toured in, in 2021. And you've been out a lot since March, not just in the U.S., but elsewhere, Australia, Europe. You you Have you had to be on the road this year just as a business? Well, I mean, the way I've always viewed it is, you know, I, I was extremely poor all the way up until I got a record deal with Bush and then I had a bit of money I bought a guitar then I went back to work because the deal fell through with my distributor dropped from Hollywood Records and and then I was back at work and then 16 Stone came out and I came to America and um, I, I, I am the American dream I am the American dream right and I'm very grateful it's beautiful I love America right but I never lived my life to make money because I lived my life for so long with no money in sight that it was hilarious. It was so weird. Um, and then when I made money, I was like so shocked that I made money. So I've never, I've always realized that my life has never been predicated on money, the making of money. So no, uh, this year we've taken a hit. I've, I've, I've played a tour in Australia where you're just sort of getting to know everyone again. I played a tour in Europe where you play the festival 60,000 and you struggle through the week with no festivals and you play to a few thousand people here and there. So it's a chronically bad business decision. Then I come out to where I'm opening for these two bands. So anyone would know with any now that you're not pretty, uh, you're not making, it's not a money maker. So no, this, this year has been uh, equally as disastrous for me as the other two years I didn't tour. But creatively, we're on a high. We're like the quintessential baby band. Look, we've got a monster hit and we're opening the show. That's a baby band. And so it's a bit like just, you just, I just, in, you know, where, there are times when I reap the benefits of being in this band. There are times when I lay the groundwork so that the band continues. It's just hard reality of life and so it's not that i ever want to discuss the business but it's it's good for people to know that um kind of we're truthfully in it together you know and i'm just planting seeds and maybe next year i get some sandwiches in abundance you know but this year is not that and uh um that's just how it is and 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 i'm not talking to you about the number of people that died in my family from covid which is a extreme possibility for a lot of people so i just shut my mouth and except i open it when i'm, I'm going to sing or talk about social issues right. you know i'm sort of a humble person and i'm enjoying i think this record is fire and thank god it's a good record imagine doing all this and having a sort of a mediocre record i, I get off the podcast and you guys will be like damn poor guy he really gave us heaven didn't he you know anyway so what are we doing for lunch you know that was it so it's just like <clears throat> I'm, I'm living like everyone else, just day to day and getting through it as best as I can and uh, appreciating that I'm damn lucky to be alive and have this great record. Yeah. 
As we sort of wind down here, I'm, I'm curious if your set list varies at all from territory, like if you're in Australia versus Europe versus U.S., yeah. uh, does it vary much, or do you sort of keep it the same? Uh, we kind of reference certain things, but, but, but we're a bit lost like that. We just do the set to make ourselves feel good, to bring the heat on stage, and I think it's now we just we you know we have nine eight records of material and as we've seen we're we're choosing from uh, three records maybe four and it's just we're just trying to live in the moment and get it right so we do we do we're mindful of the territories but you know so much of playing a set as I was saying earlier is about. Um, just bringing your own enthusiasm. What what gets you to be your best as a band um, is 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 as important as like like you know I have twenty two singles. I have twenty two songs that have been in the top forty in the radio. So twenty two hits. I mean you know they're not number ones, but they're like what five number ones and whatever. But so let's say twenty two songs. So I could just play singles. But is that right? You know, do, do, do people need you know the afterlife? I think was a killer track and I brilliant for crowds and the and for some reason we never play that I don't know why um I do know why um but that's not necessarily to discuss it's more to do with like sort of internal politics you know uh, I would uh, we could do loads of different sets but we just I don't know we all seem to be the band seem to always be exhausted and when you change a set for a band you just there's that little bit that just just outweighs you know, just the thing to topple us over. I, I don't know why. You know, certain bands, you know, Bon Jovi, you hear they'll play uh, a different set, you know, every single night, different order, different this and that. Um, and fair play to them. Um, I don't know why. It's just different characters and the characters in our band. Um, when you put us together in a room going through the set list, that's where we get to the, 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 the path of least resistance. <laughs> And I was thinking, laughing the other day, we used to do sets 22 songs where I would torture the band with all these different records, blah, blah, blah. and yet here we are today, still in the fist fight of life, still in the UFC, the octagon. Did it make any difference when I was like, really like, wow, they play all these different sets, these disparate sets, wow, wow, wow. And and then we play these sets, makes no difference. It's like the bottom line is, people don't say what they play, it's like, did the band move me? Were they... Was it a wild experience? That's really the criteria that I think to judge it from. You know, I mean, Pearl Jam are famous for, you know, playing nothing, loads of obscure songs. But I've been to shows with Radiohead, super obscure sets. Looks really good when you read about it. I don't know if it makes for the best show. Makes for the best, oh, wow, look at the burgeoning creativity that's just overflowing the rivers of, of wonder with the set that changes. But I've been at those shows, and I would have done a different set list. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Gavin, it's been so great talking with you. I'm so excited for everybody to hear The Art of Survival again. That comes out October 7th. Um, what a fantastic record. Again, great to hear guitars. Uh, you guys rock on that record. Uh, I wish you uh, a lot of success with that release. And uh, again, it's been so great chatting with you today. Thanks, guys. I appreciate that. I'm sorry I couldn't be seen. <laughs> I, I look better than I... I don't feel good enough 
it's early and I feel rough, but the part of this is my God, I apologize. It's annoying. I'm not playing Fortnite simultaneously, I promise you. <laughs> well, thanks for thanks for calling in from somewhere in, in Michigan. Uh, good luck with the rest of the tour and yeah. the red-eye flights to get you there and back. And um, the band sounds great on the new album. Travel thanks safe, man. Us. Thanks, guys. All Thank right. you. Cheers.